This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac, Jack, and Jim Big Football Show. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, our historian when it comes to football and other sports, Hall of Fame boxing writer Jack Hirsch. And we also got the legend, not the myth, guys, the legend, two-time <laughs> Super Bowl champion, Jim Jeffcoat, uh, two-time Super Bowl winner, as I said. And, uh, you know, we love having him on Sundays to give us that player outlook on things. He was also a coach um, in uh, on the Dallas Cowboys staff. He was also a coach in college. So very well-rounded guy, and we love having him on. How you guys doing this morning? Good, good. I, you know, I realized yesterday Jim could be part of a great trivia question. I gave someone that question yesterday. They had no clue it was Jim at all. That famous play with Don Beebe knocking the ball out of Leon Lett's hand in the Super Bowl blowout. And the ball goes to the back of the end zone and Leon Lett blows the touchdown. Everyone remembers that play. Now one person remembers it's Jeff Cote who caused the sack. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Against Frank Wright. Right. So again, folks, welcome to the big football show. This is my favorite uh, show of the week anyway, uh, where we cover all the NFL news and other football stories. Um, let's start off with some NFL news, guys. Um, Frank Wright named head coach of the Panthers instead of interim coach, head coach Wilkes. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what your feelings are. Jeff, we got our, we got our, um, Jim, sorry, Jim Jeffco. Uh, we got our, uh, Byron to make some comments on this. What do you think about this? What do you, do you think that Frank Wright should have been named head coach? Is Wilkes, uh, was he good enough to continue on? And how about the Rooney rule? Does that have any effect anymore? I don't think it has any effect. First of all, the Rooney rule, but, um, right got fired what uh after six games seven games during the season and now he's the first coach hired i mean what has he done to deserve that wilkes also was a one and done at arizona if you remember so you had two coaches that probably had issues but frank wright obviously being an offensive mind and uh, he had Andrew Luck, he had Jonathan Taylor, and still he struggled at the quarterback. He struggled when Andrew Luck abruptly retired. Taylor wasn't healthy this year. Defensively, they were really good uh, for the most part. And not every game, obviously, but for the most part, they played good defense. But there was some issues with both coaches. I don't know who do you pick these days because there's every coach has a red flag. And for them, they felt Frank Wright was the the right choice, and they have that prerogative to do it. Oh, Jim, Frank, Reagan, Jim, Frank Wright did go to the playoffs the year before with Phillip Rivers as his quarterback with Indianapolis. Yeah. And he was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. To me, the hire could have gone either way between both guys. What frustrated me with Steve Wilkes closed the deal. When you made an interim coach any team – that's exactly what it is. You're just keeping the seat warm for the next guy. But, of course, you have ambitions to make that job yours. 
He was six and six. Had they won the division, they lost the key game to Tampa Bay, the next to last game, closed the deal. Uh, kind of the way Rick Rick Basakia the year before got fired from the yeah. Raiders. And, and he right. was an interim yeah. coach, and he took them to the playoffs, and the players loved him. You know, and so he wound up a special teams coach with the Packers. And uh, I feel for Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes did an okay job, you could say. Okay, but you have to be more. And, and this is a Panther team that wasn't bad. They, and he had him at six. And but six. Jack, you also got to look at it. Um, put the what happened in Indianapolis and what happened with the Panthers. Yeah. And you look at that and Indianapolis went off the deep end. Correct with uh, Jeff Saturday as the coach. Steve Wilkes at least kept it organized, and he kept those kids playing hard. I'm not saying that yeah. he should have had the job, but he yeah. did do a, a really good job because they had quarterback issues. He got Sam Darnold playing better than Sam Darnold's played in years, and that's a, that's a, a compliment. Yeah, to have. I, I'm not sure he did a better job than Frank Reich this past season. Yes. If you want to make it. Really compare him to Frank Wright. You got to compare him to Jeff Saturday and something. Oh, oh come Jerry, on! I like him over Jeff Saturday. You yeah, Jerry him. Rosenberg over at Detroit. You got to yeah. compare him to those yeah. guys. You can't compare him to Frank Wright as an intern. Good morning, yeah. good morning, good morning to Rick. Good morning to Rick. Good morning to Keith. How you doing this morning? Good morning, um, gentlemen. Brought Keith. Hey, Keith. We always seem to bring Keith in the middle of a conversation about you know about. Uh, Things that haven't don't have to do with the Patriots, which is good because you know the Patriots okay. aren't playing too well. Um, but so they're not playing at all. <laughs> yeah, and Keith can yeah. answer this too. Which one of these jobs is really attractive? I mean, Carolina has their issues. Obviously, Texans have their issues. Indianapolis, Denver, and Arizona—they all have some uh, issues. Yeah. I, that's why I think like somebody like Sean Payton's on the sidelines for another year because I'm not coming back and taking one of those jobs. I mean, some assistant coach is going to get the Texans and he's going to get fired in two years. If he's lucky, he might they fired two coaches in one year. <laughs> that's a good point, Jim. I don't, you know, I, I was surprised. I thought the Charger gig might come open. If I'm Sean Payton, that's where I want to go. Someplace like San Diego that's got a quarterback and they got building blocks. You know, the Carolina job, you know, I, again, put what you guys were talking about, I think Wilkes did a good enough job to, to warrant. And I think the players played hard for him, which is important. Um, and I just think he probably should have gotten the shot here to, to give. Well, it's, 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 well, it's, well, but, yeah. But if you look at it and look at the NFL right now, um, there's something going on because you're seeing a usual amount of assistant coaches getting fired. I mean, you yeah. win 12 games. And you got coaches getting fired. There's something going on. I don't know what it is because I'm not privy to that. But there's something going on in management. They're trying to do something, and they're not. The NFL is an interesting place, and they yeah. and they have a lot of power, and they get away with a lot of things. Well, Jim, and, you know, there, there's more. There's more. Uh, uh, I don't want to say power, but there's more authority given to I think to the coordinators today too, and I think that's why they're more prevalent. When you hear them get fired, now you're hearing it in the news more than you might have before. Exactly, and that's true. That's true. 
Well, if yeah, Tango I mean, more like Wink Martindale, there's talk of him, you know, the giant defensive coordinator interviewing for the Indianapolis job. Yeah. And the, for the Giants to keep him, the talk is they might pay him similar to what they give a head coach. There's yeah. no cap on what you pay coaches. Yeah, but it, it it's no cap, but there is a cap. Because what they were saying when the Cowboys fired those coaches, they were saying that it was economical reason. I'm thinking, well, you got you got a team that's worth ten, almost yeah. eight billion. But no, they're saying that they wanted they wanted to trim the coaching staff. Mm. I can't imagine Jerry Jones at the expense of winning with trim it. Yeah, yeah, Jim, you 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 coach with the Cowboys. You play with the Cowboys. You know the players there pretty much. You know the front office. What are your what are your vibes there with the players? Are they happy with what happened? Are they are they uh, satisfied with how the year went? I mean, uh, are are I just don't I don't I don't have a pulse of the Cowboys, and I know you kind of do. Is is are are they satisfied with what happened? Is that why I'm, they're keeping? I'm hoping not because you know they haven't made it past into the championship game in who knows since 1996. And that's way too long. And if they're satisfied, um, that is going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue. But what bothers me is you got some, uh, not all, but some players don't play to their potential. They always got an excuse, and they can't do that. They got to make sure that them. if you're a big-time player, you make big-time plays in big-time situations. And that's just the reality of it. We talked about Lawrence Taylor before the show, talked about Mike Irvin. When the lights were the brightest, they start. Tom Brady with the Patriots, when the lights were the brightest, they start. Yeah. And that's what you should do. Well, Rick think Rick says the gutless head coaches throwing <clears throat> the coordinators under the bus to keep their jobs. I agree with that. I agree, Rick. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and and you know, um, you know. What happens with McCarthy now if he doesn't win? I mean, they got rid of all these coaches. Well, he's only got two years on his deal. He's got to win. I don't think he's got two years, really. I think if he doesn't win next year, uh, if he doesn't get past the first round and gets to the second round, then they're going to let him go and find somebody else. That's just my opinion on it. Did you say hire or fire somebody else? Fire. I mean, they're hire. They're going to hire someone else. Fire. It's probably both. What should we do? Fire 30 out of 32 coaches. I mean, Mike McCarthy went 12 and 5 the last two years, and he won a playoff game this year. It's disappointing they didn't go further, but what more do you want? Is it Super Bowl or nothing? To get them to the championship. Yeah. It's it's the Cowboys, not the Lions, right? Well, yeah, but each team is trying to get to the championship game, I would hope. You know, some you question, but you want the coach that can get you to the next level. And that's the thing. And he's had an opportunity. And plus, you got to remember, Zeke Elliott probably won't be there. He's 27. He's on the down side of his career. He'll be 28 next year, and that's when it hits running backs. Uh, Prescott will be 30. He might, but he struggled. He's getting worse instead of better. I mean, you got to take, and they're still the youngest team in the NFL. Can I, uh, Jim, if I can ask you a quick question, I rail on this a lot uh, on my shows that I don't think Dallas will win until Jerry Jones hires a real guy to run the whole football operation. And it's not him. 
and his sons. I think I think they need real football people in that front office. Well, there's Will McClay and Will McClay. And making the decisions, yes, but making the final yeah. decisions, right? But here's the thing you got to understand. You can say what you want about the guy. The guy puts everything financially and he listens. I mean, he wants to win and he wants their – it's just similar to crap. They talk in the media and everybody thinks they're doing this and that. They're not really doing because he talks to the coaches and he asks them – he really does ask them what they need and why they need it, and they'll do it. Now, he's not big into free agency because he's got burnt in free agency. <clears throat> right. With various players. And I understand that because sometimes free agency, as you know, is fool's gold, and that's it. So you got to be careful there. But their roster has gotten better. I mean, let's look at the um, the kid they got from Tulsa, of all places. That kid was pretty good as a freshman. I mean, a freshman, a rookie um, here. And when they moved Tyron Smith to right tackle, that was one of the best moves I've seen because he played better at right tackle than he played at left sure. at this point in his career. And it's the thing. Keith, let's let's take a look at the AFC East a little bit. A lot of things happening over there right now. Coaches uh, being hired and fired. Uh, you know, Buffalo replaces their defensive coordinator uh, Sagabo, I think is his name. Hackett is now the Jets' uh, offensive coordinator. Um, the Pats they put O'Brien in at uh, the offensive coordinator for for the Patriots. Uh, what do you think of these moves? Does this, this really help the teams out? Uh, are they going to get better because of these moves? Um, I think, listen, I think the Jets had to make a move at their offensive coordinator. They had no choice. When you scored no touchdowns in three games and LaFleur comes out and says, we shouldn't have played our quarterback, uh, a rookie quarterback in, at all last year. He should have sat. You're admitting you made mistakes. He needs to move on. Interestingly enough, he gets a job right away with the Rams talking That's about guys yeah. moving around. I'm a little shocked at that. Um, to me, and again, it's not just my hometown bias or, or favorite team bias, but the most impactful move here so far to me is Bill O'Brien because he's going to get char- charge of that offense as much as anybody could have it in New England. He's going to hire the rest of the coaches. He's going to be the quarterback coach, and it's going to make such a big difference for Mac Jones to have that guy in his ear and not Joe Judge and and uh, Patricia on offense. You know, Patricia's a great coach and a good company man, but he was in over his head last year, and it showed. Let me ask you this question. They said there were conflicts between um, Matt Jones and um, Joe Judge. Yeah, we talked about that Friday, and, you know, he's – look, Joe Judge is a confrontational guy from all accounts. Maybe just – you may not see him in the rooms at all next year. I know we talked about that Friday. I don't know where what he's going to do with Joe Judge. But here's also the question I asked you. Isn't uh, Bill O'Brien pretty much a confirmational uh, confrontational guy? He, he can be. And, you know, there's a famous – there's actually some famous video that you can find of Tom Brady and Bill O'Brien. Brian yeah, really I saw that. That's why I asked you that question. But those things happen, with, especially with Tom Brady. And, you know, they're over – that happened with everybody in the staff with with Brady over the years, so, except maybe Belichick. Um uh, so I don't really read much into it. And I like that. I want fire on both sides, right? But I don't want a guy who's just – look, at Joe Judge could be on this team or not on this team, and I don't think it affects it one way or the other. So if he's if he's that much of a, a bad influence in, in the locker room or in the coach's room, wherever it might be, get him out. 
Well, I love teasing Mac uh, on little things like Joe Judge, because when Joe Judge coached the Giants, he would make them do extra exercises, extra laps, and Mac said, that's what we need. Him and Byron Williams. He said, did, they did say that. I always no nonsense that. tech, and I thought it was ridiculous at the time that, you know, he was a bit clownish, Joe Judge, doing that. Jim, could you imagine you being an established player, a new coach comes, takes over, and makes you run laps around the field? You'd be muttering, oh, man, this guy's a complete idiot. Oh, you made the coaches, um, you make the coaches go with him, though? Let me think about it. Uh, I think that's what Jimmy Johnson did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I'm yeah. not the same way, I'm sure. I mean, well, you know. know. He probably did it with a humorous edge. Okay, guys, no. you missed this. No, <laughs> I don't, think, I don't, think, Jimmy I don't Jack, think Jimmy Johnson was too much of a fun Tuesday, guy. We had full contact, full gut added practices during the season because yeah. he was trying to weed that, out guys. That shows you how the game well, is changing. The beginning, maybe. Yeah. You know, Jack, let's 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 get you in here on the Jets. I mean. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that Jets need to improve, except their defense, which is pretty good. Uh, they're very aggressive, young defensive crew. So, you know, they're, they're going to be there for years to come, I think, as long as they uh, keep that unit together. And, you know, there's going to be pay that comes into its salary. But, I mean, overall, the, the Jets' defense with their defensive backs and defensive line played awesome this year. Your problem, of course, is on offense. Uh, mm. You know, you get Hackett, who uh, – who, you know, it's been on a few playoff teams. I mean, he's comes with a high uh, level of, uh, of, of, you know, of, of what he's done. I'm looking for the words that ain't working right now. But he's done. He's had success. Let's put it that way in the NFL. Um, what is he going to do? I mean, is he going to keep Wilson? I mean, is he going to work with Wilson? Does he? Do you get another a new quarterback? Do you do you look at Rodgers? Do you look at uh, Jackson? I mean, what are you guys going to do over there this year? I mean, it's Nathaniel Hackett's coming from Denver, where it was a disaster him working with Russell Wilson. And as soon as Hackett gets let go, Russell Wilson actually improved. He was starting in a way to get a little back to his old self. And that should be revealing. I mean, Hackett was with Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay. and But you're talking about the great Aaron Rodgers. Is that a reflection on good work Hackett has done? Or was he kind of long for the ride being with an all-time great quarterback? Uh, I don't know. But, you know, I'm getting sick of the Zach Wilson thing. It, they either have to go all in on Zach Wilson or move on from him completely because there's no middle ground. You get a veteran quarterback, you're getting someone in a win-now mode, whoever you get. I don't like Derek Carr, but if they get Derek Carr, they're getting him with the intent that he's going to be their starter moving forward beyond one year. Even with Jimmy G, these guys aren't a, a stopgap. So they've got to either go all in on him, you know, Zach Wilson, or just move on completely and... Uh, I, I'm so, not even sure what the answer is myself, but, you know, it, it's a mess down the offensive side. They need another running back. Losing Brees Hall, he was actually, you could make a case, he was the most valuable player on the Jets last year because when he went out, the wheels started falling off the offense, and Michael Carter couldn't duplicate what he did in his rookie year, and the receiver cores that were really six deep really were one, two, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. And even Elijah Moore, you wonder whether he's going to fulfill his potential. 
You know, I, well, I, he, I, he had some problems with the offensive coordinator too. So that might help him with uh, LaFleur being gone. Yeah. I showed yeah. this to Keith. This is the famous inflate gate football. <laughs> I, I him uh, Tom Brady sent it to me. Yeah. Uh, we're good friends oh, now. Man. And, uh, you know, I still can throw that tight spiral, guys. See, you notice anyway. we, uh, we haven't talked about the Giants situation. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Giants. Let's talk about it. I'm glad you brought that up. Brian DeBall <laughs> is the NFL Coach of the Year, according to the Professional uh, professional uh, Sports Writers of America. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's going to get many awards, I think, guys. I think that's one of many that he's going to get this year. Kafka. The quarterback coach has been interviewing for offensive coordinators, uh, jobs. Uh, Martindale, I think they're going to try to keep him, maybe make him assistant head coach or something like that, pay him a little bit. Um, I, I don't know, Jim. I, I I feel pretty good about the Giants' uh, season. But they you got little... some serious issues. Oh, yeah. There's no Saquon Barkley. Now, yep. do you pay him? And you saw what happened with Zeke Elliott. And – Daniel Jones has got it, and I, Daniel Jones is going to be, uh, you know, in the $30 million range. Don't fool yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we've seen what happens when those quarterbacks get that kind of contract. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I, I think they try to keep both. If they got to let one go, they're probably going to let go of Saquon because he's a yes. running back. And we can, you know, you can get, you can do running back by committee now and all that stuff. Right. I want to keep them. I don't <clears> think we're. I, 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 the and more I think yeah. about it, uh, the more I think he's going to be gone. And they're possibly going to lose Leonard Williams, too. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Um, yeah, the Giants got a lot of work to do to get, get back to the playoffs so they don't, you know, fall back. I guess if they do fall back a little bit, I think the ball still keeps his job. Uh, you know, they're going to give him a couple few years to. Yeah. Uh, and you, if you look at the NFC and the AFC championship <laughs> games today, Three of the four quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's interesting some of the deals. You mentioned Daniel Jones, about $30 million a year. A contract like that might become a little outdated because top quarterbacks might be up to $60 million a year. I mean, on average, from the beginning of their deal. Yes. But if the Giants told Daniel Jones, you could shop yourself around. A team's not going to give him a four-year, $40 million a year. Even a Geno Smith. For Geno oh, Smith's yeah. sake, you hope he doesn't overplay his hand. Because I'm going to tell you what Seattle's going <clears> to <throat> do this year. I'm telling you now. They pick number five in the draft. They're going to be in position to pick an elite college quarterback this year. They're going to franchise Geno Smith this year. That's what I think they're going to do with them. So they have him one year. They draft their quarterback. He'll have his clipboard for the year. You're obviously not going to bench Geno Smith. And if he performs well this one year, next year, maybe you keep him another year. But if Geno Smith decides to leave and overplays his hand, no one's making him a franchise quarterback. He's no more than a stopgap. But, but Daniel Jones is more than a stopgap. But he's not quite a franchise quarterback who would command big money. And I hope he understands that. There's always one dumb owner that will change that statement entirely. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's probably with the Jets. He'll move over. Uh, <laughs> they get Daniel Jones to big money. Uh, <laughs> 
He probably be going to, he's going to be I'll a New York Jet. I'll take him over Derek Carr. I'll tell you, I'll take him over Derek Carr. You should take him over anybody else available. That's sure. Yeah. Why? Not Lamar Jackson. No, no, Lamar Jackson's my thunderbolt for the well, Jets. He's not. I, That's I, the I guy tell him exactly I want. Give him the big money. Give him the superstar money. He'll be a, a megastar in New York, Lamar you Jackson. With the but Jets. you got to give him a lot more money. Thing since Joe Willie Namath to hit the Jet market. you got to give him a lot more money, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Be, that's, a, that's a lot a of draft thing. capital you're going to pay to get him. True. That's very what, two true. first rounders? At, at least. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. So the Jets, the Jets are still in the Jet funk, I think, guys. I think the Jets are still searching for a quarterback. They're not sure about their coaching staff. And, uh, you know, it's just the New York Jets. What are you going to do? I'm sorry, Jack. Big year for, for uh, uh, Salah this year, too. I mean, we talked about some other guys. I mean, he's yeah. got to win this year. He's got to have a winning record. Yeah. No doubt. Do no you doubt. think it's a big year for Belichick, or does he just, whenever he decides to? Well, it's it's going to be up to him, and I've said a lot of times, I, I think it, he's got a burning desire to win without uh, number 12. So I think he'll be around for as long as – no, no, let me ask you this, Keith. Okay. Uh, Bill Belichick, let's say he's stripped of his powers. Let, let, let's assume Robert Kraft is going to keep him on as long as he wants because of his history. And Robert Kraft at least seems on the surface like a loyal guy, on the surface at least. And maybe he's very loyal. Mm -hmm. uh, but how much can Belichick himself tolerate being stripped of his powers from being the ultimate authority, the ultimate decision maker, to having the decisions taken out of his hands. He's left as the coach, but he no longer runs the ship. Well, I guess it depends on how much of that power it's stripped and how it's done. But, uh, you know, I, again, yes, he's a he's on a power trip anyway. He wants to run the whole thing. And, you know, at some point, you know, he's 70, can be 72 years old. Yes. I would doubt that he starts to step away from some of that front office uh, duty. I think he has now. I think there's guys there that are, that are doing a lot of the legwork, and he's just you know making the final calls. But you know, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll walk away. He's not going to go somewhere else. Let's put it that way. Okay, we mentioned early in the show assistants being let go. What happens if Stevie Belichick is let go? I mean, they talk about forcing a guy's hand. I don't know about Bill, but I'd say good. But uh, Bill may not <laughs> do the same thing. It's not going to happen. I mean, Gerard Mayo is so a defense, and all I see on TV is Stevie Belichick, and I'm so tired yeah, of it. Yeah, that is true because – I uh, know Gerard Mayo is a guy running Mayo the defense. Mayo is the uh, D.C., right? Or yeah, this... and they had to make a, uh, a, him uh, – they had to pay him, I think it's done, a big extension this year and maybe some promises down the road to keep him from maybe taking – not just a head coaching job, but he was being interviewed for defensive coordinator jobs because he doesn't have that title. And the Patriots want him to stay, but they won't right. give him the title because of Stevie probably. I mean, it's, you know, just it, this, this is nepotism at its worst. It really is. And that's a, this is another thing that I don't like that Bill's done here recently. Right. So He's, Joe, you know, the guy Joe Joe and uh, Matt Patricia are his illegitimate kids. Keith, <laughs> <laughs> we got a we got a Pro Bowl coming up. Of course, it's not we what do. it used to be. Do yes, we really? Uh, February, uh, I think it's the fifth. Uh, they'll be playing uh, dodgeball. They'll be doing the fantastic catches. Uh, yeah. Eli and Eli and Peyton will be starring as coaches and stuff. And 
Yeah, it seems like it's going to be fun, Keith. I don't know. I mean, you know, I might check it out because of curiosity uh, to see what's going on. Uh, yeah. But, of course, it's not what it used to be, Keith. I'll check out the dodgeball, maybe. That's about all I'm interested in. You know, you got to be careful. I know they're going to play a flag football game, and I think it's innocuous. And I, I know it's going to be on a real field. But I remember, gosh, it's got to be 20 years ago. And, and, Jim, you might remember this. They used to play a flag football game on the beach. And Robert uh, Robert, Robert Edwards was a yes. I mean, running back with the Patriots. Blew out his entire leg and wrecked his career doing this. So. Why do you think these million-dollar athletes out there doing this nonsensical stuff is beyond me. I mean, you don't want to play a real football game, but then you – I don't know. It's just it's Yeah, just, you're right. Rick is right. They've been playing flag football for years. Name the team and go home. You know, I mean, it's just who's going to watch? Mac is going to be all excited because he can come out of retirement I don't know. and play flag football with him. <laughs> I'm far more interested in the Senior Bowl next week than the Pro Bowl. I'll tell you. Oh that. my goodness! I, I just yeah, that's just coming up too. By the way, speaking of Patriot yeah. Cup, the Troy Brown. It used to be the head coach, so the pro staffs go and run both sides of that. And Troy Brown is actually the head coach of uh, I can't remember if it's East or West, but uh, or North, or North or South. I'm not even sure what directions we're using. Um, but this, the Patriot staff is there helping him. But he's the, he's the head coach of one of the teams. I think that's wow. kind of cool too. I, I thought Troy Brown was one of the most underrated wide receivers slash punt returners slash defensive backs in football. I mean, this guy did everything. I love watching him play. You get no argument here, I'll tell you that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so uh, let's let's uh, review uh, some of the games. Uh, we talked about Dallas with Jim, um, you know, what his thoughts were on the Cowboys. Um, you know, what are they going to do there? this next upcoming year um you know they beat that da- uh san fran beat dallas 19 to 12 dak looked terrible um you know the uh he two interceptions he couldn't find an open receiver um you know it was just a bad game for dak uh but you know dak has had his problems this year Mac, before you go there and, i gotta uh, jump he continued oh, the playoffs jim before you go there i gotta okay jump. just in time for robert to come all right. All right. So we bring Robert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good morning, guys. Yeah, he is. <laughs> the, the, yes. I, I, you know, I think I saw Robert yeah, having Jack a few times. Yeah, yeah I, I, think I, I think I saw Keith uh, on Robert's show. Yeah. I think they're trying to show. Yeah, he was on Wednesday. Yeah, they're trying to show everybody. Yeah, they're trying to show everybody that there is no feud, but the rumors are still, you know, There's are no going beef. at large. <laughs> There's a problem, though. There's a rift between Sportscope and TGI Sports. I think it's a competition thing. I don't know. But anyway, we've um, been Robert on every Sunday. Background, wait, wait, wait. Rob has, I meant to mention this. That looks kind of resembling like a Steeler insignia. Am I imagining that in the background? Oh, Doesn't Steeler! Oh, no, no, no! Steelers. That's the pits. Uh, that's, no, that's the. Uh, it's the Periscope emblem, which different colors because Sportscope is the show I started it. And Periscope no longer exists right. now, so right. yeah, that's just my. Uh, that's just the logo, man. There you go. <laughs> Rob outlives Periscope. You know what I mean? So, so we have Periscope. Robert on every week, folks. Yes, you did. We we have we have on Robert every week normally to check on uh, big stories and and you know this week we have him on to do that the coaches 
uh, changes. And and Robert, just right off the bat, what is your what what do you think is going on with the NFL and coaches? I mean, there there's an unbelievable amount of not head coaches, but offensive coordinators and position coaches that are being fired and 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 yeah. being replaced. What's going <clears throat> on, Robert? Well, people just trying to fix that quarterback position. <clears throat> I know you guys like defense and physicality. I like defense and physicality. I, I like teams that are physical. But if, if you want to look at the last four teams that are in the uh, the final standings here, they're all offensive-minded head coach here. And uh, that's funny, yeah. Offensive-minded head coach. The last three <laughs> Super Bowl winners are offensive-minded. Uh, head coaches. They're, they come from an offensive background. We're getting uh, offensive coordinators fired. Uh, I'm surprised nothing happened in Buffalo with what happened with the, with Sean McDermott and that lack of running game. So that's that's what I'm seeing, Matt. Hmm. Right. There's defensive uh, coaches. Uh, Atlanta fired their whole basically three coaches. The Cowboys fired uh, two defensive coaches. I mean, there's been a lot of defensive coaches that have been let go. Yeah. Yeah. Dean P's retired. He was 72. Uh, he retired once at Tennessee, then he unretired and, and, and went to work yeah. with Arthur Smith down in Atlanta. Uh, I, I don't know. I think those position coaches, I think it's just more reporting now, Jim. It's usually, uh, there's usually change, uh, turnover every year, though, in those position coaches. Mm -hmm. But I thought there was yeah. quite an unusual amount. Oh, and really? Specifically, because some of those teams had success and they still let coaches go. I mean, uh, you're Tennessee. They let a, uh, their offensive court, but they bet let some defensive coaches go too. No, but that was Mike Grable yeah. at Tennessee. I think that was his decision. The coordinator had some off the field issue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, so I think they kind of waited to the end of the year and it didn't work out the rest of the season, even though they were going with a backup quarterback. You never know what these coordinators, all of a sudden when they become head coaches, you hire them thinking they're going to bring their magic to the team as a head coach. You know, even the unbeaten Miami Dolphin team, their defensive coordinator was Bill Onsparger. He becomes their giant head coach and he just couldn't cut it that way. I mean, it yes. just happens all the time. But that's what I was thinking about Hackett. He might be this era's uh, Norb Turner. Norb yeah. Turner. Uh, <laughs> uh, he that's was what I was thinking, too. Court, uh, offensive coordinator, but he struggled as a head coach. Yeah, um, right. McDaniels. McDaniels is a great example, too. As a head coach, he's, uh, you'd want to throw up. But as an yeah. offensive coordinator. He's only had one year. Wait, he's only had one year, and they got to the playoffs. They went that about this. A lot of these coaches are not even getting one year anymore. Right. That's true. Well, they didn't get That's to the really playoffs with the Raiders, Jack. No. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> Miami Dolphin coach. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the coordinator. Yeah. That was yeah. a head scratcher. I thought their defense played fair. Yeah. See, there's another one. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Vic Fangio goes there. He's been awesome. every every other article, Jim. It's Vic Fangio for yeah, DC. Yeah. The guy's yeah. a genius. Yeah, guys. Well, genius. even Belichick had five years with Cleveland and made the playoffs only one of the five years. Had a losing record overall. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Robert, uh, we yeah. of course we got the we got the draft coming up. 
Uh, it looks quarterback heavy. I'm not really impressed as 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 most people are with this class. I wasn't. I haven't been impressed really in the last three classes, but that's that's just me. Um, of course, wide receiver is always a uh, a big issue of of getting people uh, wide receivers that can make big plays. Running backs not as big as they used to be. What do you what do you think, Robert? Who's going to go? Uh, you know, maybe in the the the, uh, the the top of the draft this year. Uh, well, you know, Mel Kiper put his mock draft out today. He's got Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia, going at the top. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud's getting a lot more ink now since his performance in the playoff against Georgia and that Georgia defense, a quarterback out of Ohio State. Yes. Uh, he very well may go number one. Somebody may trade for um, to get to that top spot. But, you know, a lot of the scouts, they like this Will Levis quarterback out of Kentucky. I wasn't overly impressed with him, but he supposedly has that, you know, the the quick release. He's got the 6'4 uh, frame of a quarterback. He can make those air quote quarterback NFL throws, everything I read. But, uh, you know, mock, this mock draft has uh, him going fifth to uh, – uh, this is Mel Kuyper, of course, going to Seattle. So uh, maybe maybe he's thinking maybe Seattle doesn't do anything long-term with Geno Smith. It's something interesting. Let me ask you this question. Um, they were uh, talking about Bryce Young, who I yeah. think from a statistical standpoint might be the best quarterback. But yeah. the problem he has is he's not six-foot tall. And he only weighs 194 pounds. They're trying to get him up to 210. And I thought that was shocking that yeah. he's that small. Right. <laughs> hey, man, shoot. Halloween came early. <laughs> What's up, Jamie? Said perfectly from a guy whose team is on the couch. That is true. There you go. <laughs> hey, we're, we're trying to get a better draft pick, man. We're, we're in y'all's situation, <laughs> right, brother. Right, right. So the Philly sports guys joining us live. He'll he'll be at the game today uh, to watch the forty uh, the Eagles lose to the 49ers. and uh, you know that's it's okay. It's all right, Pags. We'll 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 be uh, nobody can say anything. They're in, and we're all out. Look. <laughs> that's exactly. right. Exactly. Exactly. The view from the couch must look great. It does. I, I, it even does. if they were in it, I'd still be on the couch. Shoot, it, it's too much hassle, brother. <laughs> you mean you're not going to put your hair up in the, in the mohawk? No, mohawk, uh, I got to imagine that the church would love that on a Sunday. <laughs> Dan, in the South, they do love that, actually. <laughs> there you go. Pat, you and the Eagle fans, did you make reservations to Arizona already? Uh, they're... So, uh, of course, I do a lot of stuff with Philly sports trips, and there are 165 reservations already. Uh, I have already booked my flight and have all my stuff worked out. Uh, so I'm going to be there uh, either way, actually. So I'm going to be there uh, starting on Monday, and I'm going to do a whole week of broadcasting from Arizona. Well, that I'm I'm sorry you're gonna waste all that money when the Eagles don't make it there, Pags. But that's okay. You can go watch the Super Bowl anyway. I know, I know you're secretly rooting for us there, Mac. I know that you're just trying to save face to the Giants fans out there. But listen, they're all on the couch with you. So that's true. 
you know, listen, yeah. I pick San, I pick San Fran, but I am secretly not anymore. I was secretly rooting for the Eagles to win because it's the NFC East. So you know, um, so Pags, um, I saw where for some reason you were at a Philadelphia 76ers game and you came upon a San Francisco 49er tailgate party. What was going on with that? So I, uh, one of the spots that I go to in Philadelphia, usually before every game uh, is Xfinity live. It's a, it's a, it's a bar that's got like four or five bars in the, in the building. And one of the bars happened to have a, you know, 49er tailgate, uh, like a, you know, pre tailgate. And I, I, of course, I want to make sure that everything's okay because I don't want to just walk in and, and do that. I know it's a ticketed event. However, I get to go wherever I feel like going sometimes. And if the door's open, I'm walking in. And I had to let them know because they were giving out some rally towels. And I needed to let them know that it was good, that everybody should make sure to grab one so that they have something to stop up the tears when they lose today. Okay. So, um you said you're going to be there live today. What are you looking for, uh, Pags, uh, Philadelphia today? What do they got to do to beat the 49ers? This is going to be, you know, we t- I've talked about this multiple times on this show. Games are won in the trenches. Three yards from the ball is the most important part of the field. And I'm telling you, that's where this game is going to be won today. The team that wins the battle on the offensive and defensive lines is going to win this game. Now, I got to imagine, like you know, I know that Jim is looking from the couch as well. But I got to imagine that when he was playing, and especially in the playoffs, that was the most important spot on the field. You have the, the three yards on the ball, whether you're getting the penetration or you're getting blown up off the ball, that's going to determine who's going to win this game today. See, I think definitely a little bit different in this game. Most of the games, I would agree with you. But the secondaries are going to be crucial because can they contain Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Goddard? Goddard. And the same thing goes for uh, Philly. Can they? I don't think McCaffrey's going to be that big of a factor. But I think that Kittle could be. And then I think also Ayuk and um, Debo Sanders. I think that's where they're going to have the issues is whose secondary is going to play better, which right now, to be honest with you, they're uh, Philly's a little bit better in the secondary than they are and then San Francisco. I agree. If it was to come down to the secondary, I, I feel very, very confident. It's going to be. This is going to be a tough game. This isn't. This isn't a walk in the park. This isn't like us playing the Giants. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be. I mean, I think. I mean, I heard a stat yesterday that the line on this game is the lowest it's been since 1970. So, I mean, we've talked all year long. The moment that they got McCaffrey, that. The 49ers and the Eagles were headed towards a collision course. Now, this is the first time we've ever faced them in the playoffs. You know, and you know, unlike Dallas, so we don't have a losing record against them. So we don't have that to worry about. We don't feel like we need to get that monkey off our back. We feel that – I feel that we are the better team. 
I feel that as long as we remain focused, as I said all year long, if we remain focused, we will win the game. And I just thought, I can't imagine that they're going to change that philosophy now. Robert, let me get you in here. Um, yeah. The 49ers, we talked about what Philadelphia had to do to beat the 49ers. What do you think the 49ers got to do to beat Philadelphia? Uh, well, you got to utilize the middle of the field. Uh, Debo Samuel, you mentioned that, Jim. He may get some carries this game. I, I read that. McCaffrey's a little banged up, That's what I was but he's supposedly going to play. You know how that is. Uh, it's, a, it's a big game. You're going to play no matter what percentage you are. Uh, so I, I think maybe Debo Samuel gets some carries there. George Kittle, if you had to find a little bit of a softness in that defense, which there's hardly any in, in Philadelphia's, it would probably be towards the middle of the field. So Kittle could get a lot of targets. Where he catches them or not, Jamie, uh, we'll find out. You know, he had a great catch last week, by the way, against Dallas. Watched like six but times. That was, but also, that was a pathetic effort by a pro bowl. I'll tell you the truth. I thought it was pathetic. He didn't even try to hit him, closed yeah. his eyes, and he fell on the ground. And he might have still caught it, but at least compete. And that box. And truth of the matter is, had he kept his eyes open and his head up, he probably could have gotten the interception there. Exactly. That, that was that was Diggs, right? I thought that that yeah, was Diggs yeah. making that play. And I feel like that he he got scared. He got scared at the last moment. Right. Now, of course, when you have when you have Kittle coming at you, and that's he's got he's got Diggs by what a good 70, 80 pounds. I'd be a little nervous too if I was Diggs on that hit and how that's gonna come. But ultimately, this is playoff football, and you better bring your A game. And Philly was not part of Diggs's A game, or at least it shouldn't be. Yeah, and it was interesting that play was if you look at the replay, I mean, if you take a chance, and there's no excuses, but they were um, that was an illegal play because uh, yeah. Kittle was covered. That's a true story. They was Kittle was covered. By the fullback, and they should have—they should have flagged that play as a, a legal play. Didn't oh, see they, it, what it's called, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it was, I, and they, that's not the first time I've heard that, that. That there was a number of people that said that when the fullback came out, it actually he actually came up on the line. There was actually eight men on the line, and of course that that makes it an illegal play. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's for the people that don't understand what it is that we're talking about. You can only have seven men on the line. Everybody else has got to be at least a yard back. So he was covered. Listen, that's, I'm gonna excuses, he excuses aside, the 49ers just beat up the Cowboys. That's, well, I mean, well, let's be honest. I, actually, actually, I don't think that they did. I felt that, you know, this is the first time I've got to talk about this with Jim. So I don't think that they did. I feel that the the, the Cowboys beat themselves. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's the God honest truth. I, I kind of feel that the Cowboys had very ample opportunity to win that game. And, they and did. I, was, they I wanted to win. They didn't I really get it done. And that's just the bottom line, you know. It's the drought is still on. It's kind of like... The weather sometimes so, with droughts. Let's, let's 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 get to the other game uh, uh, today, and we'll get Robert's picks before he goes. Remind me, yeah. Robert, to get your picks in because we don't. Yeah, we got to get. Um, 
So, so Jack, I mean, you got Cincinnati versus Buffalo. Uh, Cincinnati's offense subs beat up the Buffalo Bills defensive line. It was ridiculous. Um, and time to to he was hardly any pressure the whole game. What are your thoughts? I mean, is Cincinnati that good, or was Buffalo that bad that day? You know, I want to say the Bengals made believe as well to me, especially yeah. their first two possessions when the Bills were fresh. They manhandled them, just took the ball down the field, two possessions in a row, two touchdowns. And when you can't tackle a stop, you know, another team's running game, it's basically all over. But then let's think back to the week before. Had Lamar Jackson been playing for the Ravens, I think they beat the Bengals. That wasn't the same Bengal team the week before. So was it a question of them exploiting certain weaknesses in Buffalo or what? Also, the Bengals, from my knowledge of football at least, which isn't on a par with Jim's at all, it seems that they threw so many defensive schemes to Bengals. I mean, it was getting you dizzy left and right, and it seemed like a chess match in which they were just outmaneuvering Buffalo and – and what's what's going to happen today? And Mahomes also, let's face it, he's not going to be 100% well today. Okay, he's going to be able to play. I know he's running on adrenaline with the ankle and everything. But is he really going to be able to stretch the field the way we've become accustomed to him doing in the past? And even a game like today, he got by without Tyreek Hill this season. But now it comes back to haunt you, I think, in a big game like this, not having the weapon in Tyreek Hill that he had before. Yeah. Well, I guess he, he, he might be frozen up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What is your opinions on the game? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cincinnati has shown a level of physicality. You know, that division they play in, guys, is just – when you play Baltimore and Pittsburgh twice a year, I mean, you either get physical or you get blown out, you know, and they have shown that they have just – this Cincinnati team has out-physical – they even out-physical Tennessee, and Tennessee prides himself on, on being physical. Uh, this Lou Anera Aramo, I'll get his name oh, right eventually. Goodness, yes. This coordinator, he's only got one interview was with the Giants last year. Maybe he's a bad interview. Man, he is a well of a defensive coordinator. He may be defensive coordinator of the year with some of the calls, some of the blisses uh, he makes. I mean, going up to Buffalo is high-powered Buffalo offense is and making them look that bad in Buffalo. Uh, that that that's probably the most impressive performance I've seen all year, considering the stakes, guys. Yeah, you so know, Jason, I agree. Um, I thought that, and I said it last week, um, that Cincinnati would have issues because their offensive linemen they played yeah four backup offensive linemen, and I got to be honest with you, they lined up and they punched Buffalo in the mouth, and as they say, when you see blood. And you're in a fight. Some people show their true colors, and I guess Buffalo show they weren't physical enough to deal with Cincinnati. And at that yeah. time, 117 Jackson yards rushing that. too. Yeah, Jax did say that last week that they would have issues. Yeah, good call, Jamie. But this yeah, will be Jason. a different kind of game, I think, in Kansas City. I think it'll be. A different kind. I think 
Mahomes is in a different world. And I think this means because did you see what the uh, mayor of Cincinnati said? What's that? That they need to take a DNA test because Mahomes, uh, Burroughs is uh, Mahomes' dad. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> they're talking a lot of trash over there. Yeah. They have yeah, nothing to brag about. They got to get it all out at one shot, you know? Remember last year's AFC championship game with these two teams at the end of the game? Mahomes was so harried. He had no time to do anything. He lost his composure completely. It was a complete train wreck from his end. He yeah. wasn't able to rally his team in the slightest. And he even admits, he says, I choked. He choked under the pressure. That says uh, you know, a lot about him, to be that honest. And I don't feel he choked. He was under such duress. There was nothing. He took a physical beating at the end of that game. And, I, and I, like I mentioned, I think yesterday, Mac, on our show, when, since, when the – the Chiefs won the coin flip for the, in the overtime last year. I'm thinking kick off to the Bengals because Mahomes is so out of it. He's going to go three and out. They're going to punt the ball and lose the game. And that's what happened. Yep. You can't do that. No way can you do that, not in overtime. No, I, I agree. On paper, you can't. But he needed time to regroup. He was so beaten up, physically and mentally beaten up. You needed to kick off. Hopefully your defense could get your field position, and then you could kick a field goal in overtime. I mean, that would be the hope. But I knew they weren't going to do anything once they had the ball. I mean, I'm not second-guessing now. That's how I felt at the time. I thought the best thing for the Chiefs was to lose the coin flip, let Cincinnati get the ball. So talking about that, speaking about that, because obviously we haven't had any ties yet in the playoffs, but there's the new rule this year that both teams get the ball at least one time. Is it worth it now if you were to go to overtime and win the toss to not get the ball first? The only problem is, is if you had a defense where you can control field position, yes. But if you're on offense, you're thinking, well, we got to score right now. And if you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you score a touchdown, right, the game's over. If it's no, scored, no, doesn't matter. Both teams get the ball at least one time. Okay. So that's why I'm saying it, it may be worth it to do what you were talking about just a second ago yeah. uh, this year in comparison to last year. Last year, you scored a touchdown, game's over. And this year, you could start on defense and know that you're going to get one opportunity to get the ball because if you stop them, now you can win the game. If they score, you just got to match their score. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> is how is Kansas City, we talked about how physical Cincinnati is. How are they going to deal with Cincinnati's running game? Because we know how physical and their receivers. Because you still got those receivers to deal with. Well, they got a young secondary, and I, I think that is a huge mismatch for a big advantage there for Cincinnati with those that rookie cornerback for Kansas City. Look what Christian Kirk did last week. Uh, look at the first game they played this year in Cincinnati. <laughs> there, uh, th that's a big advantage there. 
for Cincinnati, cornerback versus uh, T. Higgins. And, of course, obviously, Jamar Chase, even if there's help there. And Hayden Hurst, he's starting to get involved yes, as well. Is. The tight end now. Yeah. I mean, would you guys would you guys agree that, you know, when Cincinnati goes – I mean, yeah, they first of all, they have to travel across the country to get to San Francisco. So that's that right there might be a, a little cause for – You're talking about um, San Francisco and Philly. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Cincinnati. No, you playing. mean Kansas City, Cincinnati. Right, Kansas right, City. right. Yeah. Cincinnati, Kansas City. <laughs> so, but they're right, in the middle like, of the too, though. They're not that far, Kansas City. And- but, but Jim, I mean, it's still they still got to travel. I mean, it's still yeah. not the same as playing at home. And you know, I think Patrick Mahomes is not going to be going back there and, and throwing like he normally does. I think they're going to depend on the running game. I think there's going to be short passing game. Um, I think this they're going to get the ball out of his hands really quick so he doesn't get hit. Um, you know, maybe a little play-action pass, but th- I think that's it. I think that's going to yeah, be the game. Kelsey also has back spasms. Right. So, I mean, yeah, Kelsey's going to play. I don't, I don't think – Oh, I, I know he's going to play. but still, Yeah, I did yeah, rate that too. Yeah, he's got back yeah. spasms, yeah. Yeah, so so I think it's going to be a lot of the, of him dumping the ball off, getting his, the ball out of his hand fast so he doesn't get hit. And and the running game is going to be key today for this 49. That running back from Rutgers has done a nice job this year. Pacheco, Pacheco, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyway, um, that's my thoughts on on as far as what uh, San Fran's got to do. Cincinnati, they're a big big play team, right? They go to Lamar Chase. They got big receivers, Higgins. I think they've got to make some big plays to win this game. Uh, the running game will be important, but not as important as a big strike, Jim. Ooh, I don't know because they they physically wore down Buffalo. Buffalo had no answers for their running game. And I know Chase did, but that opened up their passing game because yeah, yeah. they physically beat up. And I I thought that Buffalo would at least battle. I thought they would. And even if Von uh, Miller was there, they wouldn't have won. There was no way they were going to win no, that game. Yeah. No, but San Francisco's defensive line is a lot bigger than Buffalo's. Chris Jones in the middle. I forget the yeah. number ninety-one is. I mean, they're not going to have as uh, easy yeah. time running the ball, you know, as they did uh, uh, last game. Um, Robert, I know you got to go pretty soon, so yeah. let's get your picks in here. What? Who do you? Who do you like, and why? Well, I mean, I I, I, I like Philadelphia to to win the, the first game there. Now, you know, these two teams played last year, guys. Uh, played around week five. If you look at the improvements, uh, there were a few deep passes there missed by Philadelphia. If you recall, Jamie, you probably saw the game. Uh, I was there. They're going to hit those passes now. They're, A.J. Brown is there now. Uh, that opens up everything. The line's better. The Philadelphia defensive line's better. Only thing difference is uh, C.J. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Of course, the quarterback's different. That was a 16-11 to 11 game. Uh, my, my guess is if those passes are going to get hit now. So I, I'm thinking – I said on my show 2017 Philadelphia, but I'm, I'm now I'm thinking more like a 28-19 Philadelphia, something like that. I think the offense is really going to get rolling. Uh, they have big gaps in that San Francisco secondary, guys. I mean, they gave up 44 points to Kansas City. You saw what DK Metcalf did to them. And the Seattle game in the first playoff game, now you ask them to go on the road here. Uh, 
that there's just there, there's just a big advantage there. As far as the other game, yes, if Chris Jones plays the game of his life, he is a defensive year of the year candidate. And Jonas Williams, the left tackle, he did play in the last game at Cincinnati. There is a chance Kansas City could win this game if Frank Clark and Chris Jones just totally play the game of their life and totally blow up everything in the middle against that younger offensive line, those replacements. But I don't see that happen, and I feel like it's uh, 27-20 Bengals and the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and that would be a great matchup. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So I know you got to get out of here, Robert. Uh, Paz, are you going to be able to stick around a little? Just for a few more minutes. <laughs> Enjoy the games, guys. Okay, great. We'll get your picks in that. Have a good one, Robert. Have a good one. Right, Have a good yeah, one. Right. So there you go, Robert uh, Butler from Sportscope. Very, very good at analysis and, and on all the big headlines. He's like our Adam Shifter of, of the uh, Jack, Mac Jack and Jim Big Football Show. Pags, before you go, I'd like to get your picks. I, I know you're going to pick against Philly, so let's not even go there. Who do you got, Pag? So uh, I'll start with the 6 o'clock game today. Uh, I think that the one thing that Cincinnati is really good at is beating Kansas City. Kansas City is 0-5, I think, in their last five games against them. Uh, they've really struggled against just them completely. I feel that you know, Mahomes with the high ankle sprain, uh, I mean, the fact that he's a gamer and he's going out there to play makes me feel like high ankle sprains across the board where somebody doesn't go out there and play. I wonder if they could go out there and play. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how mobile he's going to be on that ankle. Uh, I kind of feel like he's going to be like uh, Frankenstein out there and that it's going to really affect the way that he plays. And that's going to play a big part here. I think that Cincinnati is smells blood in the water and they are going to go after it really hard. Uh, I liked how they were able to disguise some of their packages last week against Buffalo. I think that that defensive coordinator uh, is doing an amazing job, and it's going to be interesting to see how he goes up against Andy Reid's offense. That being said, I got this game, uh, you know, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. I don't think it's going to be crazy, uh, but I got it uh, 24-14. Okay. And your Philly Now for the Eagles game. I think it's going to be a, a fairly close first half. Uh, I think that the Eagles are going to go in at halftime, up by a touchdown. It's going to be like a 17-10. to 10. And then in the second half, it's going to be uh, a battle of field position. And I think that the Eagles are going to win that battle slightly. And they're going to wind up just outscoring them in the second half. And this final score is going to be 27-17. I think that they are going to be able to keep it close. But Brock Purdy is not going to have a a severely bad game but he's not going to have a very good game and that there's going to be some mistakes that are going to wind up costing. Uh, The turnover battle is going to be really big in this game. However, I think that, that their defense isn't really prepared 
to face a quarterback similar to Jalen Hurts. He's going to be able to run some. Uh, and again, I, their secondary is probably the weakest part of that defense. And that last year when A.J. Brown faced off against the 49ers, he had 11 catches for 141 yards and a touchdown. I think that that could be matched today. And if they do cover, if they do double coverage on Brown, that's going to be when you're going to see Smith start to shine. Uh, and I also think a touchdown reception by Goddard. I think that we're going to have one of those quarterback sneaks at the end zone. So you're going to see Jalen Hurts get in uh, one time. And I got the final score, 27 to 17. Okay. All right. So uh, Pags with his two picks. Uh, enjoy the game today, Pags, and uh, good luck to you. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week as I'm preparing to go to the Super Bowl. All right. There you go. So there you go. Sorry to cut you, Pags. I think that was a message for you, Jim, as Pags. <laughs> well, it's not a message for me. I've been to Super Bowl. There you go. There you go. So, folks, we're close to the top of the hour. We're going to take a yeah. promotional break, which we hardly do, but we're going to do it this week. And we'll be back on the other side with our picks, what our records are um, as far as so far in the playoffs. And uh, you might be, you might be surprised. So I'm we'll not. be right back after these messages, folks. He was a giant. And he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams. And now, here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. see right now without LeBron Lakers are, are struggling let me tell you about a team I hate all right I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this oh team. I'm ready I've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it I'm from Brooklyn I don't have a problem saying it to his face oh, Brooklyn. hey is it it just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news, hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac, Jack, and Jim Big Football Show. Uh, we're at the part of our show where we uh, do our picks. And, uh, you know, as far as the championship game goes today, 
I can't believe it's already a championship. This year it's flown by. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll tell, tell you what their records are so far. And uh, not to my surprise anyway. Not to my surprise. Right now I am leading the playoff pitcher picks with seven wins. Jack has five wins. Jack is in last place. Um, right wait, wait, I'm six what? and four here. I mean, wait a second. There have been 10 games. I'm six and four. I know how I picked it. I, I don't I, know, Jack. I don't know. I mean, You're in last place, Jack. I was scared because I thought I was in a last week. Well, we're gonna we're gonna check it out here in a minute. But as far as the numbers I got right now, Jack, you have five losses, and Jim has six losses. So what, what, yeah, that can't be right. You said he was in last place. Six wins. But wrong, wrong, wrong. I have seven yeah. wins. Jack has five wins. I'm I'm six, six and four. Has, has I have six, six wins, right? Right. Yes. Yes. We will we will confirm this, Jack. We will. But right now, believe it or not, believe it or not, Linda is in the lead with eight wins. So she's went ahead of me. And that's so, not unexpected. That's right. <laughs> right. No, no, because she's got an eraser on her pencil, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. And folks, uh pick along with us because we love having uh your opinions too. Yeah, we haven't had pickles in a while. Yeah, pickles, uh and anybody, please go on, come on in here and uh and do the picks yeah. with us because we really enjoy having you guys uh doing this, get all the different uh um, um, you know, different ideas and, and, and the different opinions. So let's get to it, guys. I mean, you know, we'll start with Jim. Uh, Jim, your picks, uh, your pick for uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City. Who do you think? You know, as much as I would like Kansas City to win, because I like Mahomes, and I'm not, I don't have any problems with Burroughs, but I think the talent on Cincinnati on the offensive side is better than Kansas city because you look at it. And I think you mentioned this before, uh, Jack, is that they don't have Tyreek Hill. They have receivers that have done a nice job in Bur and um, Mahomes has done a nice job. But when you look at Cincinnati, they're explosive in their offensive backfield. They're explosive in their receiving core. And just like um, earlier, the tight end, Hurst is making, starting to make plays. I just think Cincinnati's got a little bit too much offensive firepower for Kansas City, even in Kansas City. So I'm picking Cincinnati. But yeah. you know, one, one thing I noticed that's changed in the NFL this year more than ever: the role of the tight end. It used to be the tight end's main job, especially when you play. You want blocking used to be the main thing, okay? But that's C.J. Novacek was a receiver. Short, yard, short yardage situations, you wanted the tight end with good hands who could catch a short pass. But now the tight ends are stretching the field. It's like they're an extra receiver in a way, okay? And, and that's why I think with Travis Kelsey – He's the key for Mahomes in this game. He's got it so wild. And I I have to say that, you know, Mike Dicker was a tremendous receiver. Uh, Kellen Winslow. So you got a lot of – They were like John uh, Mackey. There was some exception. And then um, the uh, receiver for the when San Diego was in the Chargers, he was – Also, I mean, uh, Winslow. Not Winslow. 
the other one after Winslow a couple of years ago. He was, I mean, yeah. And then Tony um, Gonzalez. Uh, so it, it's just that the receivers, uh, the tight ends are different now than they were back then from the standpoint. But those guys were used more as targets. Now you're counting on your tight ends, you know, to run pass patterns a little better, you know. Pick yeah, up. but Gonzalez is a Hall of Famer. Kellen yeah. Wilson is a Hall of Famer. So I think that it hasn't changed. I think they're finding different ways to utilize them. Okay. And I, that's what I would say because you got some, just like the tight end at Georgia, Bowers, who's going to be a number one pick. Well, that's why I said the role of the tight end, the expectations a little different now, I think, from what they were before. You're getting some of these guys that could probably play in the NBA and they're playing tight end. They're just a bigger. No, but when they would draft a tight end before, they would consider how good a run blocker he was as well. Now it's that's, a little yeah. less important. Yeah. Mark Bavaro. Right. Yeah. All right. So, Jack, who do you got? Cincinnati versus uh, the 49ers. Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, I like Cincinnati. I mean, they impressed the heck out of me with Buffalo. And they impressed the heck out of me with their late season surge, you know, as well. I think the Raven game was kind of like a blip. I think that happens to teams all the time. You have, you know, you're on a long run of success and you have a game where you're flat. And it just happened to be against the Ravens, who they beat the week before. So maybe it was a little hard to get motivated because they thought they were so much better. No Lamar Jackson playing, even though they'll ne they never would admit it. They probably figured they had the game. You know, they're going to win that game, you know, and they were a bit flat, but they got through it. And then they were obviously up for the Buffalo game. They're going to be up for Casey. They're playing an arrowhead. You kind of wonder is that going to be any type of advantage for the Chiefs, even though the Bengals have beaten them there and beat them there last year in the AFC championship game? I mean, is Kansas City going to take it up a level? I think the Bengals, the one area where I just have a little bit of a question mark with them could be on their secondary. Because, you yeah. know, Mahomes might be able to exploit them. And so he's going to have to have a big passing game. I mean, it's not going to be a ball control type game on Kansas City's part that's going to win him the you know the game it's not going to be a play for play it's Mahomes is going to have to hit on the big plays like Jim says I think five uh, Byron says five big plays win your game something isolated plays and that's what it's going to take for Kansas City uh to win this I don't think they have that much room for error you know Zach Taylor I mean when we talk about the great coaches in the NFL they win today. His name's going to have to start coming up. His name's rarely mentioned. You know, he was a quarterback uh, at Nebraska. I didn't know that. And then oh, he, yeah. he played in the CFL. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I disagree with both of you. Um, I, I like Kansas City here. I think Mahomes is tired of hearing about Burroughs and how they beat him. I think there's a little bit of, 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 you know, him being not happy with the way the media is talking about Burroughs as a better quarterback than he is this year. So I, I disagree with Jack with the with the big plays, too. I don't think they need to make big plays. I think they got to keep Burroughs off the field best they can. And that's by running the ball, using the passing game as, as part of their running game, and eating up the clock. You don't want to give Burroughs time out there uh, throwing the ball around the field. 
And they got to stop. They got to stop mixing up the middle. They got to stop him up the middle. That's where he doesn't go outside that much. So Jones will have to have and will have a big game against them. So I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's going to be really close. I think they keep the score down. And I think the Chiefs win like 21 to 20 today, guys. So but, that's, um, let me ask that's you this. I, I would like him to win, but I just <laughs> think the Cincinnati's got too much. I when I here's this, um, what happened when I um, watched Cincinnati and Dallas play. Dallas beat them in Dallas, but I the most surprised I was is the sizes. Cincinnati is a big team. They're old school big, and that's what shocked me was how big and physical they look walking out on the hook. And you never expected that. I thought they were going to be, you know, just well-conditioned athletes. But these these guys are big. In this day and age, well, you know the, 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 how big a factor is that, though, when they draft players, do they really, look, you know, like defensive linemen, do they look at their size? Don't they look at their athleticism, you know, their ability to get off the ball? Are they really is it really a big difference make if one player weighs 20 pounds more than the other? In certain yeah. ways, I would think so, Jack. I think you make a good point, but it's a lot of things that go into it. You can have big players that can't move, but these guys they were athletic, they move well, and they work within that scheme. That's what I would say. But you make a good point, you just don't want to be big. It's just like, I hate to say it, but Pax talks about that left tackle there. He was there for, what, two or three years on the practice squad. And he's he was big and athletic. He's, um, I think he's in New Zealand. Yeah. And, um, and he just finally figured out how to play the game. Yeah. Well, so that, I, I, that, I, but getting get back with the four surviving teams left, if I ask you which – who has the worst defensive unit? Okay. I hate to use the word worst because that's a negative connotation. But of the four surviving teams, I think we'd all say Kansas City. I think we'd say the other three teams agree. all have a better defensive unit than Kansas City. So it, it would make me feel too uncomfortable to pick Kansas City to win a game, you know, like this based on having – they have a couple of real – top-of-the-line impact players, obviously, on defense, on their line. But all in all, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in their defensive unit. Yeah. See, I, I like, I like, I like the, the linebackers of Kansas City. I love their speed. I love the way they get to the ball, the ball carriers. Um, you know, you got the big guys up front and you got the speed at linebacker. Their defensive backfield has, has its problems. Uh, but their linebackers can cover, too. And you know, I, I just I think that that with the team speed, controlling the ball, um, and and they're you know the 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 defense playing uh tough in the middle, I think they got a good shot. I think they went 21 and 20, guys. I really well, here's something we haven't talked about um a lot at 5 30 um at the game. It's gonna be about 20, 13 degrees. Yeah, in Kansas um, City. And we haven't talked about that. Yeah. So who has the advantage if it becomes a running game? I would think Cincinnati would have the advantage. And I'm not saying that Kansas City, but the way Kansas City runs the ball is they disguise it. 
They give you looks and they run from those looks to have success. Hell, yeah. Cincinnati is going to line up and punch you in the mouth. They're yeah. not going to just. You know, that's just the X factor, too. Patrick Mahomes is talking, oh, he can't believe how good he feels. But he's going to try to psych himself up, you know, and think positively. If he has to go out, which is a possibility, let's say he can't make it through the whole game. No one wants to think that if you're Kansas City booster. Can Chad Henney win them the game? That's a good question. That's an excellent. But here's my question, too, about this, and I know we're – continue to talk about this game, but <clears throat> it's going to be the X factor for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it going to be uh, Smith-Schuster? Is it going to be some receiver we haven't? And that's where I think the issue is. You know that it would be the huh? <laughs> Kadarius Tony, imagine it might be, but and Got rid of <laughs> but do you understand? And then I think um, they're starting running backs coming back this week uh, for Kansas City. Yeah. So, but who's going to be the X factor? Because Mahomes is not going to be able to do it himself. And we don't know with back spasms, they could show up. There was games. I remember one game we played and Charles Haley couldn't play. I had, they told me at the beginning of the game that I was going to start the game for Haley. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know how back spasms is. They could calm down, but they could show up at any time. And yeah, I'm not I, I love Travis Kelsey. I love watching him play, but yeah. So so the only thing I hope for this game, and this is one thing, one thing I don't want to see from Kansas City, the stupid before the play formation spins and running around. I don't think they will do that. <laughs> I'd be shocked. I have to comment on something you said, Mac, that always, not not you yourself, but when people mention it and I hear it all the time, it bothers me. They compare the two quarterbacks, well, Burrow versus Mahomes. I always used to hear that Brady versus Manning. You're not playing against the other quarterback. You're playing against the, you're playing against their defense. You're playing against their defensive coordinator. You're playing against the other team's head coach. You're not playing against their quarterback. But I understand what you're saying, Jack, but in a sense, you are playing against that because which quarterback performs better normally helps the team win. You know, it's just like uh, Troy Aikman against Steve Young, you know, or uh, against um, Phil Simms. And I know we got defenses and everybody or and things like that, but it, they are essentially playing because it's a team sport, right? So I agree with right. that's uh, what I was. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say, and, and and you know it comes down to you know that front line as Pag said. I mean, listen, if you can't if you can't win the matchups on the line of scrimmage, you're not gonna win the game. And I don't care how good of a quarterback you have and how good your running back is. It's the key, is, of course, is the front lines. It always you know that they, they say certain players, and let's use Fletcher Cox of the Eagles as an example. You compare it to boxing, they say a fighter who's been in so many hard fights, it takes a lot out of you. A guy like Fletcher Cox has been in so many tough games. Has it taken something out of him at this point? You know from experience. That's, that's a good question. Yeah. But I don't think at this point, because this is a one-game series, basically, to get to it, you find something deep inside you, 
And then, you know, the Hassan Riddick is playing really well. Nobody's yeah. talking about Oh, yeah. Doing great. And they're all they're deep. This is going to be interesting when we get to that game is, is that I got some opinions on what the uh, problems are going to be with San Francisco But uh, when we get to that. But you do. I don't think it takes. I think he's figured he's got two games. And I played 17 games or really, what, uh, 18 games now. So I can find a way to get yeah, two yeah. more. Now, now, a question, too. They keep saying you just focus on your next game because if you lose it, you're out. I have to believe the players' mindsets, what you just said, Jim, two games away from being Super Bowl champions. You're not thinking one game. I mean, you're obviously concentrating on this game fully, but it's on your mind two games to go because the finish line now is within sight. Exactly. It's not like four games to go, like coming You're into exactly the wild right, card. That's the a big mountain, four games. But two yeah. games is a much a small mountain only. i never forget this. Um, Jimmy Johnson had won national championships in, high, in college. So when we were at our first meeting before our first playoff game, when we got really good, he said, Men, and I would, you know, you thought you were going to hear some patent speech, but he said, enjoy this moment because you may never get here again. Yeah. And that's what I would tell the players, enjoy this moment because it took me 10 years to get to that first Super Bowl. I, you know, my, I mean, I didn't play the games, but my mindset, I think, would be different. You're one game away from the Super Bowl. This hurts more. If you lose this game, then had you lost the week before. I would, I would, enough, agree. I would Because agree. you're so close. Some of these guys are never going to get to play in the Super Bowl, and they would have been so close, and it's going I'm to gonna be tell you the story, of your life. I, I always go back to what I learned is, is that when I first came to the Cowboys, the, they have things that happened before, obviously, before I get – obviously, when I was back in New Jersey – Cheering for the, you know, the New York Giants back then, but um, they said that Roger Staubach lost a championship game, just like you said. And the next day he was out there throwing it because he felt he lost the game, and that's the kind of mentality you don't see that a lot. But he was out there throwing because yeah. he felt that he didn't make the plays that he had to. But that's the kind of mentality you got to have as a quarterback yeah. in that other positions. Would you, you agree, Jim, would you agree, Jim, that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of pressure, of course, in these games. Would you agree the team that plays more loose, that's looser, would have an advantage? I mean, don't, don't you think if you're out there and you're able to relax and not get let the pressure get to you, that that would be an advantage also? It is, but you have to have confidence. And you're like, that's if that's what you mean, is yeah. you got to play – with a confidence that you you're prepared to go out there and do the things necessary to win. When you walk on that field, you got to feel honestly invincible. You got to feel that this is your day because to be, and I can say it is the Buffalo bills were man to man better than us, but they didn't have the confidence. They had lost two yeah. Super Bowls. Obviously they lost to NFC East teams, Washington and New York. So when we walked out there, we had confidence because that's the way we were built, that we were not going out there with yeah. anything. And Jimmy has said it. He said, uh, you know, well, he said uh, they've lost three Super Bowls. 
they've only lost two, but in his mind, he was setting that tone. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. You have to have that undeniable con uh, confidence when you walk out there. If you don't, you're going to, it's no what ifs. We're here. We got to win this. I hear you. I hear you. So let's, let's push on to the next game. Of course, the Eagles against the Niners. Jack, I'll let you go first. I mean, you know, the Eagles, they got the MVP of the league. Yeah, they got the uh, best wide receiver duo of the league. They're big. They're, their defense has led the league in the sacks. How is San Francisco even going to be in the game with them, Jack? I mean, the 49ers have a great defense. You know what? I'm thinking about this more than any other, uh, other thing this game. If I'm the Eagles, what's my strategy in regards to Brock Purdy? And I think I keep him in the pocket the whole time, you know, even if I'm easing off on the pass rush a little bit because they caused their damage with McCaffrey and Samuel swinging out of the backfield, getting momentum on the run, catching a pass as they're on the run. I mean, that's how they do their most damage. So I would try to hold up McCaffrey and Samuels where they don't have momentum on these swing passes. And even if Purdy has a little extra time, I mean, he's a rookie quarterback. He misses a lot of throws. He's been missing a lot of throws. And that's how I would attack it. I wouldn't go out with all out relentless pressure on him because he can run. He's mobile. And that allows McCaffrey, Samuel, not to mention Kittle, of course, who's, you know, one of the best tight ends in the game. Uh, so that's how I would attack it, you know, if I'm the Eagles. And, and offensively, if I'm the Eagles, I'd basically play it straight up. Look, you have studs who could catch the ball. I mean, Brown, Smith, got it. You have a decent running game. Let it just work itself out. You it's not going to be a high-scoring game. Let the game work itself out for you if you're Philadelphia. Don't get beaten on big plays. My feeling is if the Niners win this game, it's because it's going to be a big plays, okay? And if big plays are in a factor and it's a grind-them-out game, I think that's going to favor the Eagles. Okay, so Jack's got the Eagles. Jim, yeah. how does San Francisco? How does San Francisco beat the Eagles if they? They're gonna have to. What Jack is saying is exactly true. They're gonna have to slow the game down because if they get into a scoring, uh, high-scoring game, Philadelphia is gonna win. But the uh, San Francisco has to slow, and they have to control the line of scrimmage because just like we said, that the shorter the game. The shorter you give an explosive offense like um, Philly opportunities, they're going to take advantage. They can't turn the ball over. Uh, the reason Dallas kept it close was they kept pressure on Purdy. Um, they're going to have to protect Purdy, and you can't do that with Christian McCaffrey. It might have you might see more tight end sets, and they're going to have to give the tight end is uh, not excuse me uh, fullback sets. That fullback's going to have to be an essential part of this game. And they're going to have to change the game to an old school, what the Denver Broncos did with Terrell Davis, and just pound it. Because if they, even with talent like uh, Samuels, Ayuk, and the third receiver in Kittle, I think it's your, um, you can't do that. with Because Philly wants it wide open. Because they're, I think Philly's defense is more talented than 
even San Francisco. I think San Francisco has a good defense, but I think Philly, this the reason they've only lost three games is because they have a very terrible – and they – what did they win the uh, sack? Um, they yeah. won the sack uh, race by more than 10, 10 sacks. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing is that San Francisco, while they didn't get as many sacks, they led the league in pressures, which is kind of fascinating. I think San Francisco has a chance, but I just think there's a reason, and people don't give Jalen Hurts enough credit for what he's done. They talk about all this, and but Jalen Hurts is a winner, and Jalen Hurts has been trained to be a winner by his dad being a coach. And his dad had a successful high school program. Trust me, I got players from his school, and I know how those players are, and I know how he teaches. So I, my confidence is in Hurts playing a tremendous game this, this day. I agree. Jalen Hurts is going to keep his poise, I think, no matter what. If things aren't going his way, I don't think you're going to rattle him a great deal. Uh, the backup quarterbacks, well, you mentioned Chad Henney before with the Chiefs. They could always be a big factor in a game like this. We know Minshew can come in and probably get the job done for one game, okay? He's been around the block. Who's backing up Purdy if he has to go? Is Jimmy G on the active roster? What? Who the heck do they have to back Purdy up? I mean, I'm not even sure that. That would be a disaster, I agree with you. I'm. I think Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo is going is, is second string. You think so? If Garoppolo, now the question's this, okay? Yeah. If it if the Niners are really struggling on offense, you don't stick with Purdy the whole game if you have Garoppolo on the bench ready to give you a spark. At what point do you go to Jimmy G? If you're losing the game 10-3 and you're just not moving the ball, the trend of the game isn't going your way, at what point? And it's Jimmy G seems to be, from all accounts, popular in the locker room with the players, okay? Those were always the reports. So I can't feel that there's going to be resentment. Whether the players on the Niners thinking if they have Jimmy G in their back pocket, how much of a fact is that psychologically thinking? Is the coach going to bring him in? Is it like a wait and see? Hey, I, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy's, I'm looking at, I looked it up after you said that, is Josh Johnson. He's right. the backup. So, so, so Garoppolo's not on the active roster. No, he okay. is not. Oh, Josh, Josh, Josh Johnson is 36 years old. He's been with what, 13 NFL teams? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's been in the AAF, the XFL. Yeah, I don't know if he's been in the USFL, but Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson can handle the ball and run the at least knows what to do on offense. But and he's been that's scary. I would if that was the back of quarterbacks, I'd give Minshew. But I think Minshew is kind of overrated myself. I do. I do too. I do too now. But for for one game, he can't get the job done. And he has. Yeah. I think he's a a little bit overrated. And I don't think, I mean, he'll be a free agent. And I'd be shocked if somebody takes him. Oh, no, no. He's going to find a job somewhere as a backup. As a backup. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a starter. Because he had that opportunity in Jacksonville. And I know they 
Martin. Teams are desperate. Look at the Commanders, the fifth round. Did you take him as the Jets starting going to be their starter next year. Well, did you take him as the Jets starting quarterback? Minshew, no. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I, you know, you, you want to well, I wouldn't take I got a next factor for you guys for the Jet quarterback next year. Don't be discussing it and don't laugh about this. Sam Donald may be coming back, maybe run it over again with him. I mean, it's not that crazy. Zach Wilson is his backup and like a welcome home Carter type thing. Welcome back, Sam. I don't think it would go over that bad with Jet fans. You know, uh, he comes cheap. You get the Panthers back like the fourth round draft choice, one of the draft choices they gave you, they give you Sam Donald back because he's not what they're looking for. They're probably drafting a quarterback the Jets. next year. Uh, but whatever. Yeah. You think so? I could see Sam Donald maybe coming back. They I thought, my opinion, if Frank Wright is what I think he's going to do there, I would be not surprised if Sam Donalds continues to improve. You know, I, I want to get on this thing again with the Steve Wilkes, Frank Reich, just a little bit. I, I like, don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to push no, on. No, no, no. I just I want, want to, to say Jack, I want to push on. I want to push on yeah. with the show here. I don't want to talk about okay. and that anymore. Let's let let me give you my opinion on the on the 49ers and Eagles. Um, you know, I think that the 49ers will play a lot of zone defense today. They, they'll go with their front four for the pass rush and play zone because of the big receiver and, and the speed they got. I think they're going to try and keep all the passes in front of them and make the tackle after they after they catch the ball. They don't want to let them get behind them, that's for sure. I also think the 49ers got a big advantage on defense with speed. I think the Philadelphia Eagle offense is big, but it's very slow. And I think the 49ers front four, their linebackers, and even their cornerbacks have more speed than the Eagles offense, with the exception of, of, of you know, their, uh, their wide out there, number six, Devontae Adams. Right? Am I saying it right? Or Devontae yeah. Smith. Sorry. Devontae Smith. I think he's the only one on that offense that has any speed that can, that can, that can hurt them in any way. So they got to keep them in front of them. And that's why I think the 49ers are going to win, guys. I Here's think- some things. Go ahead. No, all I was going to say was is that, first of all, do you realize what time the game is for the 49ers? 6.30. 6.30. Yeah. Yeah. Because think about that. They're from the West Coast. And the game is at – Oh, um, no, no, it's an afternoon game. Yeah, 3.30, 12.30, yeah. So think about this. And nobody talks about this. Phil, uh, the last time San Francisco was on the East Coast, they played Atlanta, and they lost to Atlanta. In Atlanta, obviously. But I think about those things. So here's what happens. You got to get up. You got to get your um, pregame meal and all your instructions before. So in their minds, you say, oh, this is no big deal. But on the East Coast, it's 6 o'clock. When you get up, you got to get ready. Some people are not. I'm a morning person. But a lot of people are not morning people. And you have that one guy that's not a morning person that's in a crucial situation. It matters more than you think. And I that's why I always say West Coast teams struggle going back east. And I know this is a big one game, Jack. But it is difficult to get up if you're not a morning person 
Now you got to get there. You got to get taped. You got to go through all the stuff to prepare yourself. And your body knows that. You're trained. And um, I know that Philadelphia, I mean, San Francisco was, uh, they they were working on Philadelphia before they went to Seattle to play that last game. But those things matter. And I just think that gives Philly some of the advantages. And I just think, uh, honestly, I think Philly is going to win this game because of their secondary. I think- what about the fans? We joke about it with PACs, but the Niner fans reportedly, they're in San Francisco, they're raising hell, they're showing no fear, putting their uniform, uh, their signal on over, the Yeah, over Rocky. Getting into it at the Philadelphia 76 again. Do the players in a in a small way feed off that? Wow, our fan base is giving it right to them. We're right behind them. We're all together. Does it give you like a tiny bump if you're a player? It's the it's hard to say that because when you go into a stadium like Philadelphia, um, it's going to be difficult anyway. So you better not care. But it doesn't give you a bump. You're going to see, you're going to look up in the stands. There are going to be guys fighting and stuff. Well, you want some players, are they, one of the giant players didn't want his mother in the stands in Philadelphia for the playoff game because he knows there could have been trouble. Do the players at a place like Philadelphia visiting stadiums, do they have a clearer mind sometimes if their family isn't there? You know, because I don't think so. Because my family went to uh, Philly in New York all the time. New York fans, you know, they would, uh, they're so easy going over there in New York, you know, but in Philly, they're a little rougher, but. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, not wanting them in the stands, not with that worry of, not, you, you don't, don't worry about that because, Trust me, my family can take care of themselves, so. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it feels that way, I'm sure. I know what you might say. That was the old bet. She walked in there with a cowboy and look at him because she had two brothers that are big. The Jeff Coat family, when they come in, everybody kind of just. Uh, yeah, well, they them. never met up with Pags. Had they met up with Pags, maybe the I don't Jeff think Pags would have been intimidated. I don't know. Have you seen my brothers? I don't think Pags would have messed with them. He might have, you know, <laughs> it would let them do it. Trust uh, me. They had some incidents uh, at the old vet. But yeah. it was rectified by my brothers. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Jim and his, and his gang of warriors go into play. <laughs> keep them straight. But um, no, you make a point. Uh, Philly is a tough place to play. I wouldn't say it in front of Pags. No. Right. You know, I, I think I think that, uh, you know, we, we talk about, you were talking about, you know, the away team traveling and, and the home team. And we've gone through this before. And I know, you know, they get the, the tickets in advance and they get all their, you know, all their things out of the way in advance. But you're still a lot tighter when you're the visiting team, Jim. I know you know this. Yes, you guys eat together. You're in a, ho- a hotel together. You're, I mean, you know, all you're concentrating on football. You're not concentrating on all the rest of the stuff that goes around. So that's got to give, that's got to give, uh, Kansas City an advantage. Well, Kansas City is uh, at home. You're talking about San Francisco. Good morning, Craig. Sorry, San Francisco. Yeah, sorry. San, sorry Francisco. San Francisco. You would like to think that, and yes, I agree with everything you said. But 
once you get out there, all that's out of the window. Because yeah. honestly, when you're on that field, you don't hear anything. As a defensive player, as an offense, you got obviously the noise bothers you. But as a defensive player, what is offenses? Because their offense is on the field, they're quieter. So you don't hear those things. So it's an advantage for defensive players, but it could be a disadvantage for offensive players because that's when the noise comes uh, for away teams. How, are the, the officials right. intimidated a little bit by playing in a hostile environment? No one ever really discusses I, that. I, that's a good question. Because I, a lot of times I see this, okay? There's a play that the fans think should be a penalty that yeah. should favor their team. There's no flag thrown. They start the booing, and like three seconds later, flag comes out. Okay? I agree with you. Know, because they got to get yeah. out of the stadium, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of won a little bit, yeah, on that. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I was yeah. laughing the other day. I forgot the game, the pile again. There's a fumble. They're taking forever, the officials, to let us know who has the ball on the bottom of the pile. So it's not who actually re necessarily recovered the ball. It's who has the ball by the time the officials sort the pile out. So they're still battling on the bottom of it. And Jack. We talked right. about that with Byron before. That's why the under the pile is a difficult place because you don't yeah, know what yeah. the guys will do to, to try to get that ball. They right. will maim you for life. <laughs> you, the players are supposed to be a fraternity. How can one guy in good conscience break another guy's fingers just to get the ball? I you mean, I, I can, it's been done. Yeah. yeah. Good, Good morning, morning Craig. to Craig. Good to have you on, Craig. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think uh, Greg's ever been on with Jim. Uh, of course, Jim Jeff Coat, the uh, two-time Super Bowl legend of the Dallas Cowboys. Greg's a Detroit fan, so he's he's uh, he's looking forward to next year. I would imagine uh, with the Lions yeah. playing so well as they did. Um, Greg, you know, help me out here, I mean, they're they're against me as far as the picks go. Who do you got? San Francisco and the Eagles and Cincinnati against. Uh, uh, Cincinnati against the. Uh, oh, so you're picking San Francisco over the um, Eagles? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. I am. That's my. That was been my pick since the beginning of the year, Jim. Okay. I mean, I'm rooting for the Eagles. You know, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, the consensus is listening to a lot of people. It's a toss-up game: the Niners and the Eagles. Everyone seems to be split. But I'm a little surprised how lopsided it's become in uh, Cincinnati's favor. I mean, you know, some people are picking the Chiefs, of course, but a pretty even game like that, the amount of people are picking the Bengals. You think the Buffalo game maybe influenced us a little too much? Possible. Yeah. It'd be possible. But I think when you look at the – talent on Cincinnati that is influenced because when you look at T Higgins you look at obviously Jamar Chase there are two running backs per uh, pre-run and um and also mixing and then yeah. you look at Tyler Boyd in their yeah. tight ends that's gonna be hard because the one good thing about what Cincinnati does if you take one thing to rob them they have other people who can make plays Okay. You know, you look at a thing even with Cincinnati redrafting re players. Two years ago, they had a battered offensive line. They needed badly to protect Joe Burrow, but they took Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell. 
you know, an offensive lineman. Sewell is coming along nicely for the Lions. He should be a fixture for them for years to come. But it was a bold move taking a wide receiver, you know, even though he was Burroughs' college teammate. But it worked out for Cincinnati. Yep, that is true. That is true. So Greg has the bank. Greg has the Bengals and the Eagles. He's going against me too. So I mean, I try. You you just by yourself. I well, what we need to find out is I might have to change my picks. What does Linda have? Because she's obviously eight zero. Now let me ask both of you guys this: Linda has Cincinnati. Guys, when they have two big games, if the first game is a great game, comes down to the wire, do you find yourself emotionally drained by the time the second game begins, even though it's a big game? Because if the Eagles and Niners are an overtime type game, when the Chiefs start with the uh, Bengals, I'm going to be kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not as into the game in the beginning because I, I'm so exhausted from watching the first game. It takes me to close to halftime before I get it together and I'm 100% attuned into the game. I don't know whether you guys feel that sense of exhaustion. Exactly. If, it's a great, if you great get game. exhausted, this is called Celsius and you can take some of this. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying I, I'm watching the game. I know what you mean. The emotions aren't the same. Even though it's not my team, I'm really going to be into the Eagle Cup. Okay, amongst oh, yeah, you're going to be in the okay, question is this. Which of the two games are you looking more forward to seeing? To me, it's actually the Niners and the Eagles. I'm looking more forward to that than the Bengals and the Chiefs, even though I'm looking forward to the Bengals and Chiefs a lot. But I think it would be fascinating to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that to see the Bengals and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And you ask me why, because you got two explosive offenses and you got, uh, I think obviously the Eagles defense is better than the Bengals, but the Bengals, there's something about that during Joe Burrows. It's something about them. I just, I mean, that's listen to Jim, listen to Jim, a defensive player hoping for an offensive super. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm just looking at the quarterback and Burrows and He's got a little bit of Joe Namath in him. He's got a little bit of that. He's got well, a, no, no one compares to Joe Willie Namath. Well, you heard what he said about the, uh, yeah. Oh, come on, come on. Your guy, Buddy Ryan, when he was coaching the Eagles <laughs> in Montana, Marino, Elway were playing. They told him if you had one quarterback in the history of football, the quarterback, your team, who would it be? He said Joe Namath. I mean, uh, come on. Buddy Ryan yeah, was all I'm saying is he has the ultimate confidence yeah. in himself. And that's all I'm saying with Burroughs. He has something, and I'm not saying I love well, him. Well, let me throw this at you. Uh, if you, if Mac, Mac, if you're yes. the NFL, right. you you care about your image. If you right. want any one team to win the Super Bowl, it's the Bengals. The Niners have had a few Super Bowl wins as a franchise. The Eagles won one not long ago. The Chiefs won one not long ago. You want the Bengals to have their first Super Bowl victory in franchise history, and Joe Burrow. You want him to be the cover boy of the NFL because of the clean cut image, great player, soft spoken, the whole bit. So I, I mean, think the NFL I, I, in a I way is rooting for the Bengals here. And I the would way agree that I, the I would agree. Situation they handled that well too. I would agree. I would. I would want the Bengals to win if I was the NFL. Um, I don't know if I want Joe Burrow's being the being the um, 
you know, the poster child for the NFL. I Why is I, I don't think I, I think it's just because he's too cocky, Jim. I think he's he he you know he's in there smoking cigars, celebrating with his team and, and all this stuff. I'd rather I'd rather have I'd rather have Jalen. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts to face. This guy is is a hard I don't see it like you do. Is that Jalen Hurts is a good image. And yeah, uh, so. that's contagious what he does because he makes it. Hey, don't worry, we got this. You know, just like you probably. I mean, do you think Bill Parcells was confident that he was going to win? Did you ever hear the stories about Byron? That I, he think, goes I, think Bill, I think I think Bill Parcells was confident in how he coached the coaches. I think he was confident in that. I think he. Uh, I think the players were scared to death of Bill Parcells. I mean, I think he, I, they thought he was going to send them home at any time. I mean, he do put you a lot think of Phil Sims was confident? Yeah, I think I think Phil Sims was confident. I call it confidence, and the way yeah. only way can beat it is. Well, you know, coaches handle things different ways, and Bill Parcells coached the Jets. The Jets. Keyshawn Johnson was being a complete jerk the way he keep putting down Wayne Corbett. They were the two main receivers. You could say Johnson was one and Corbett was 1A, but they were very close. Some people were thinking Corbett was a little better than Johnson, actually. And Johnson was so jealous. He was such a terrible teammate. And everyone knew it in the locker room, but Bill Parcells never got involved. He said, ah, it'll work itself out. I mean, I'm not sure was that the thing to do it to just nip it in the bud and let and let you know Keyshawn Johnson know this is unacceptable. We're not going to put up with this. But you know, he was kind of laid back in that sense, Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think he does anything wrong, Burroughs. He just has the utmost confidence in his abilities. And a lot of those superstars, you think that uh Lars Taylor didn't think every time he walked out there he was going to make a game-changing play. Of course, of course. And that's that's is that cockiness or confidence? You, I think I think it he has to talk be. to the players. I, I got a great story about Lars Taylor. He lined up and um, he was playing against Phil Parzell for the Cowboys, and he was funny. He went boom, and Parzell jumped off sides. That was Lars Taylor. Oh. I mean, stuff like that. And he you told- got to understand, Jim, Mac is old school. For example, had he been coaching your Cowboy teams, he wouldn't have put up with any of Michael Irvin's stuff. Like the way That's Jimmy true. Johnson would know to back off. He figured no. it's Michael. Here's the one thing about Michael Irvin people don't realize. First of all, he played for Jimmy Johnson in college. College, yeah. And he had the utmost respect for Jimmy Johnson because you notice – that all his issues came after Jimmy left. His issues happened. They might have been, but he they were never out there. And that's one thing people forget. He played and he loved Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. He loved him. I trust me. And he still does. He picked today. up a garbage can and was about to throw it when he found out Jimmy Johnson was leaving. Was gone, yeah. Yeah. Barry, uh, Barry uh, Switzer came in. But all his issues happened after Jimmy. So there wasn't and it was he wasn't he was the same player, but trust me, 
he had the utmost respect for Jimmy because Jimmy, one thing about Jimmy, you can say, you see it on the, he was extremely confident and he let players play and he had their backs. Getting, getting back to the quarterbacks as far as who I would want, uh, you know, representing the NFL as far as the poster child for the NFL. You know, Patrick Mahomes never blames anybody but himself. If, if there's a problem, he blames himself. It's his, it's his, it's his bad the team lost. Uh, Jalen Hurts again. I mean, the guy, the guy is another one who blames himself. Uh, you know, when when things happen. Um, you know, I I I think Joe, Joe Burrows is not big enough yet, Jim. I mean, maybe a couple of years from now, if he wins a Super Bowl, maybe then he becomes a poster child. But he's not that big yet, as far as far as as far as on a national level. I don't think hey, so. Uh, did, let me ask you this question, and I could be wrong. And first of all, I don't think Burrows ever he got sacked the most last year, not this year, but last year than any other quarterback in NFL history. And he lost it the year before he got injured. But do you think Cincinnati might be ending up to be this era's Buffalo Bills? Talented team, but can't win the big one. I'm just asking. Very possible. I think that way about the Buffalo Bills today. I think they You need to have one Super Bowl to stamp you as an all-time great. Aaron Rodgers, at least he got one. So when you talk to great quarterbacks, what about Jim Kelly? Had he That's gotten one Super Bowl? Jim Kelly was a great quarterback, but we don't look at Jim Kelly as an all-time great. But had yeah. he gotten one Super Bowl win on his belt, maybe we would have. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, I Dan Marino's the exception, but had Dan Marino won? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big. I'm not a big. I'm really, I'm really not a big fan of Jim Kelly. I think he was a very good quarterback. I don't think he was great. I think he had a great system. I think he had great yeah. players around him. I think he was yeah. a great quarterback. Mac, yeah. if you, what makes Jim Kelly great is where he played at and what he did. Because if you can throw in some of the wins, because most teams. When they would go to Buffalo, they would look at which way the wind was blowing, and that's how they throw with the wind. But right. Jim Kelly could throw so hard that he could throw in the wind. I had never seen anything like it. And he was a big, big guy. And I liked him. And I thought when I got there, I was pretty impressed with how this guy did things. I'm, is he one of the all-time greats? I don't know. He's a Hall of Famer, and he should be a Hall of Famer. And he did have some Thurman Thomas. He had Andre Reed around him. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. But a lot of great quarters. But you could say the same thing about Phil Simms, the players he had around him in the running yeah. game. You know, so. yeah, Phil Simms really didn't have no receivers, Byron. I mean, he. Uh, I Jim mean, Kelly was a little better than Phil Simms. Oh, please. Oh, yeah. oh, please. Yeah. No, not even close. Yeah. Phil Simms won a Super Bowl. He was in a wow. championship all the time. You just said Aaron Rodgers was good because he won a Super Bowl. I'm telling you, you know, Aaron Rodgers was a little think, better. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a little uh, better than Jim yeah. Kelly. Jim Kelly's a little better than Phil. You Sims. guys are crazy. You guys are nuts. I mean, Jed, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. What, what, what yeah, Phil Simms did? Dan one of the top ten QBs of all what time. What Phil Simms did against Denver has never been never been duplicated. I mean, that one Super Bowl he played in has never been duplicated. The, the, the guy should be in the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about that. 
you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to argue with him being in the Hall of Fame and not. But I could say, look at Eli Manning, those two comebacks against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. How many other quarterbacks could have done that? Yeah, and everybody never gives him credit. Right. Really. Yeah. I like Eli, what he did. Uh, yeah, he, I, I like Eli. I think he was a very good quarterback, too. I don't know if he's great, but he was a very good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. The greatness and great quarterbacks are different. It's, 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 yeah, the, the measurement is so small, it's 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 whatever. So, so folks, we're all done with our Mac Jack and Jim Big Football Show. What is it, a couple weeks? We got the Super Bowl coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll be here for that, too. So the season's almost gone, man. I can't believe it. So uh, we'll be coming back uh, as as this week in sports after this is over. Uh, the football season will still be covering football, of course. It's always big uh, all year round. So we'll still be having uh, the football news and stuff, but uh, a little less. That's all, folks. So for everybody here, for Jack, for Jim, and myself, we wish you a great Super uh, Championship Sunday here. And of course, as always, I hope wins. Have a great one, folks. Everybody have a great week. Take care, guys.